Ladies and gentlemen, we are live with your December 4th edition of the Hughes Sports Podcast. Your home for the irrational fan for Vancouver Canucks, BC Lions, and all things CFL. I am your host, of course, Jake Hughes. Alongside me, the old man. Old man, how the hell are you doing today? I am doing, doing, doing well. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. I can't Can- believe we're already in December. We've done, I think this is episode 45. We haven't That's missed a week. a year of shows. We haven't missed a week. I've missed a, I don't think I've missed a week at all. You've missed a couple. I missed a whole bunch. With your, with your traveling and your, your, your fancy dancy living. But, um. Sorry, I 40, have a lot. Yeah, I, I work around this for my life. Hey, um, I, I told you if you wanted to change the time, we could go live when I was in Europe. But you didn't want to change the time. Yeah, because I would have had to wake up at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Sucks to be you. You should have woken up at 3 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Can I make a suggestion? You can always make a suggestion. Can we change the music for 2024? I hate that song. I, I, there's, um, I mean, I enjoy the song. There's, I'm actually working on a bunch of things behind the scenes that I haven't talked to you about, which we'll talk about after the show off air. Um, but hold on, stop. Nope. Stop talking for a sec. I should do it this way. Stop talking folks. He's always doing this to me. Carry on. True. No, it's true. I, I like, it's because when I, uh, I, for those who don't know, I have ADHD. So when I get the, what I call the dopamine, the dopamine, I just follow the dopamine. And there are days like today where I worked, I got all of my stuff that I needed to get done. And then the dopamine took me on a trail that I did not expect. And all of a sudden I ended up doing things. I was like, huh, I could probably do this for the podcast. I should probably tell someone. And instead of telling anyone, I just did it. So yeah. uh, I just, yeah. you know, I just did things. But what was the line last week? No, it was while we were watching hockey. Jake came out. We watched hockey on Wednesday night. We watched the um, Thursday night. Thursday night. We watched the uh, Vegas game together. And we were talking about something. I asked Jake a question and he answered it. It was a dumb question. And he answered it with a smart ass answer. And I looked at him, I said, eh, well, I guess that's why you're the host and I'm only the co-host. No, no, it wasn't, to, to be fair, it wasn't, it was a stupid, I I think I said something along the lines with like 30 seconds to go is we've scored more and less. And then we turned over the puck and I said, well, you can't score if you don't have the puck. And I said, <laughs> guys, that's why I'm. That's why I'm the host and he's the co-host. And because I am the host, I want to bring this up because uh, it's something that ha- that was tweeted out just about an hour ago, uh, 40 odd minute, 50 odd minutes ago. 50. As per Elliot Friedman, the cap estimate for next year given at the Board of Governors meetings is approximately $87.675 million, which is an increase of $4.175 million. That's a now, player. That would be a player. If right. your if your team managed if if you're a team that manages your cap space properly, yeah. Um, the problem is, is as a Canucks fan, we have yet to do that. In, no, that four million is going right to into um, number forty's pocket. You know that everybody knows that. <laughs> Two and a half million of it is going towards Oliver Ekman Larson to play on a team that we have nothing to do with. <laughs> Are we still paying Luongo? <laughs> no, we're not paying Luongo, thank God. 
God, don't even start me on that shit. We're actually honoring him coming up. Yes, he's I don't go- know when that is. He's, he's going, going to up on the of- wall of honor when Florida when comes Panthers- down. Yeah, when the Panthers are in town, he's this going up the Ring of Honor. Nope, not this yes. week. Yes. Nope. Yes. Next week. Next week. I'm looking at the schedule. When is Thursday, it? Thursday, December 14th. That's it. That's the date. Me. Don't you start with me, fella. When I'm looking at the schedule. We'll you didn't tell me you were looking. You said no. you had no idea. Um, Guys, this is the shit I have to deal with. I, I hope you guys understand the shit that I have to deal with. Hey, be um, careful. We're on Twitter today. We are on Twitter today. Or X or, or X. whatever you want to call it. Because I decided uh, to click a button and it worked. And I wholeheartedly did not expect it to work on Twitter. Because I'm not paying Elon Musk for premium. And I didn't know if you could live stream to, to whatever he wants to call it. I knew without that. being verified. Because I, st- I stream my other show when I do it on Twitter. I had, I had no idea if it actually worked or not. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Welcome Twitter. Welcome Twitter. If you are Whips. chatting with us. X's <laughs> let us know. Um, I put up a poll this week on Twitter once we decided what we were talking about. Um, you did but what? what's the most interesting interesting story from this past week in the world of BC sports? And I kind of want to go in order of what the most interesting story is as per uh, Twitter. I put it out this morning. I think uh next week i'm gonna put it out sunday so i have a full day of people being able to take a chance to look at it but the most interesting story as per x or twitter or whatever you want to call it is the zadorov trade obviously big news the old man's looking sorry you said you put a poll on twitter i can't find it it's it's closed now but it's definitely there it's like four tweets down from the top okay i didn't get to vote uh sorry it's a seventh tweet down from the top I didn't get to vote. Oh well, if you were more active on social media. See, this is what that this is what happens, folks. Jake doesn't tell me shit. He just does shit, and then he gets mad when I don't know shit. Cause he doesn't tell me shit. In order for me to know shit, you have to tell me shit. Or you, you know, you get notifications for everyone you follow on Twitter because you're a psychopath. Maybe you should put the Hugh Sports Podcast your show our show on your alerts so you get news as it's coming out as i'm learning the news and it's coming out you know what to post to facebook (laughs) however let's get back on track here the zadorov trade love it um did we talk about the trade from last week my my brain is so scrambly from last week i don't think it had happened yet had it i don't remember yeah, when, I'm pretty we, sure. Yeah, I did because we no. Did we talk about it with uh, Mr. Patterson? Well, his first game was against the Flames, on which was so, Saturday. No, not the Zadorov trade, the Beauvillier trade. Oh, yeah, we touched on it very briefly. We didn't yeah, talk a so, lot about it. Which there wasn't much to talk about because we all knew there was something happening as yes, a part of it. So exactly. the the fifth rounder we got for Beauvillier package next year's with, draft. Uh, third rounder in two years. Yeah. It's us Zadorov. Like it. What are your opinions on it? I like it. I think um, he brings a couple things. Another huge freaking presence on the blue line. 
The guy's like 15 feet freaking tall. I think he's taller than uh, the Chaos Giraffe. He is not. Isn't he? He's got to be close. He's going to look he it is... up. No, um, I think... Uh, this, I'm not looking it up, actually. I think, for well, some reason, I want to say Tyler Myers is 6'8", and Zadorov is 6'6". Six, six. Okay. Together, they are the tallest pair in the NHL. And they are. they did play together for a few lines. They weren't together all the time, I noticed, but they were together for a few times in that game. Yeah, and Rick Hockett liked... talked about it. Sorry. I like the fact that Sidorov will use his size to hit people, unlike Myers. Yeah. Myers is afraid to hit people. I think he's afraid he'd hurt them if he hit them. Whereas well, Sidorov just doesn't care. Well, if you look back when Myers was the same age as Zadorov is, Myers played a very similar game. And that's what draw, drew a lot of interest, I think, from the old regime in Could Benning be. and bringing Tyler Myers over, is he is that big physical defenseman. But as age catches up, especially with someone that big, you slow down a lot quicker than someone who's smaller. Yes. Especially playing a defensive position too, right? Like there's a lot yeah. of different factors happening. So I think it's just, I I don't mind the trade. I don't mind the assets. I am just concerned that he's going to be a liability on our, on the team. Um. Time will tell. I mean, that's uh, you got to look into the crystal ball, and um, that's not the hat I got on right now. But um, and even then, I don't do that. Um, but for the trade that it, the purpose it serves, I don't think this is a long term. Like Zadorov, we're not going to build a. Um, a team around Sidorov, right? No, he's an addition. He's almost a rental player, I'll say, for two or three years. But the problem is, is his contract is coming up, so he is going to need a new contract. If we can sign him to something that's a, a team friendly, a, a friendly team deal, then it's going to be something that's um, that's helpful. And it sounds like he does want to be in Vancouver. Like, he, he asked for a trade from the flames he put vancouver high up on his list but it just feels like and unless things change with a signing of ethan bear carson susie coming back that very easily we could be overloaded if there's that bear contract coming and there's been a lot of rumors and innuendo about that that vancouver is very high on bear and trying to resign him if we do sign bear we now have too many players. We have too many defensemen. Which is well, good... that, that's where I think we're not done. I think Bear is, a, is, from all the rumor mills, from everything I've heard and all the different shows I've listened to, the whispers behind the scenes, it sounds like Bear is going to be playing in 2024 for the Canucks. I hope so. I, I, I really do. Like, I hope that's the case. Susie comes back early, should be back early January. And then do you make a trade for, can you trade Tyler Myers at that point? I think, and it, I was going to finish my thought there, but you did it perfectly, is that's where I think you'll see a Myers and maybe a prospect uh, go for a, and maybe even, I don't want to give away no more picks. No more picks given away. So, 
but a, a prospect, a yeah, prospect rather than a pick, so, someone who we don't or, have room for. For maybe a third liner, or even a fourth liner at that matter. Well, and so there, there's also been a lot of talk, and I don't don't have this on our, our rundown here at all, but there's been a lot of talk that Kuzmenko isn't really gelling the way he did last year with yeah. Patterson. So right? what do you what do you get when you put a Kuzmenko and a Myers together? I I'd be very shocked to make that trade, but can you drop Kuzmenko down to a third liner? Do uh, Myers and a second and Okay, so you want to make a run this year. Myers in a second round pick gets you does that get you a top six forward? Someone who can play with Miller and Besser or someone who can play with PD and uh Mikheyev? Yeah. I mean, you would never do that within your own conference, I wouldn't think. No. So now you'd be looking back east, who's available. I have or, no idea. You follow that crap better than I do. But, I mean, it's Were fun you... to talk about it. <sighs> Let's get through Christmas. Let's um, see what January, I think by the end of January, because when's trade the deadline? Middle of Feb? I believe it's middle of Feb. Let me look this up. Because I believe, I want to say sometimes. for some reason, it's re- it's always right around Valentine's Day. Usually is. Uh, this yeah. year, it's a little bit later. I thought that. I don't know what my what in my brain was telling me it's not in February this year. It's March 8th. Friday, March 8th, 2024. Okay. So you have all of February. So see where we are in the end of January. And then you have February to really do something. But as, as we've heard from Jeff Patterson when he was on the show, um, um, same with um, Darren DuPont when he was on the show, Our um, management team loves to act early. Yeah. So So do they act in January? So since opening night of 2023-24, there have been eight trades completed in the NHL. Five of them for months. No, four. 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 50% of the trades since the start of the season have included the Vancouver Canucks. Yes. And now, like, three of those trades... uh, have featured a, a, a players with a salary greater than 1 million. Well, and when you look at it, th- those trades, if my mind, if my brain is working correctly, uh, one of them's for your favorite goalie, De Smith, because you <laughs> never say his name. Um, the other one was Lafferty. Yep. And. And then Zadorov and Zadorov. And then the trade for with Bovillia to get the pick. And, to get yeah, okay. Right. Um, I, I was like, hold on. There's only, I can only think of three players. <laughs> but because that, the other yeah. one was offloading a player to make space. So really those three players, let's just take the two that have been around long enough that we could give an opinion because Zadorov's played one game and he scored. In a, did they ever take that goal away from Zadorov, by the way? They no. did give it to him. So they, well, in the, when they first announced the goal, they gave it to Pedersen. Yes. They then changed it. So they went back after the game and changed it to Zadorov. Because when I, I know the stats, it was Zadorov. It was And I know we game. talked we talked about it. Um and and I don't know if we've talked about it on the show before. The ninety-nine percent of the time, the league will not make a change unless the team is okay with it on a on a, go, a goal change post game. So I'm sure they went to Petey and said, Petey, do you care? And he was like, No. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to the big guy. Nice. Because that's that's a huge story, right? You come in, you 
you go from a team that you said was dysfunctional and very vocal about it to a team that you say you want to be here. You've got other Russians and you've got other agent mates with you. But let's, us. let's be honest. We're his second choice. We're the bridesmaid. He announced this, that he, well, his agent announced that he wanted to trade in Toronto when the Canucks were playing Toronto. They said blatantly Toronto was their number one team. And the Flames went, eh, we're not trading you to Toronto because we want to be jerks. Yeah, because why would why would Calgary Flames have a good relationship with Brad Treliving? Yeah. Huh. Hmm. And I think I honestly think and, and it and I don't think it's like I want to because of because of one reason, one person from Zadorov's case, but yeah, I want to go somewhere where I feel wanted, and uh, and True Living made me feel wanted. Well, yeah, this organization's exactly. been a dumpster fire. Doesn't matter. It's clearly, and he said it. It's clearly, it's not the coach. It it's not the um, management. There's something wrong in the team. I agree. There's there is a issue with what's going on in Calgary. You can you hear it every day here. Uh, living here, we see it. Yep. Um, so, but it, 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 I mean, again, I'm interested in the trade. My only concern is that you have two bigger guys. Yeah. If they're going to continue to play them together, and I, again, uh, Rick Tockett talked about it post game that they they tried to limit Zadorov's minutes because he's new to the team and is learning the systems but you still need to play them, right? And if you're going to play them together, what happens if Tyler Myers t- goes and does chaos draft stuff? How is how is Zadorov going to reply? Yeah. And it, it's going to be a big question because we haven't seen him in that type of space before. And I think that's why you saw uh, Zadorov playing with different um, line mates throughout that game. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. It's going to be... Uh, it's- Something the Canucks haven't had the luxury of um, in a long, long time where we can say, if we can get Bear back and once Saucy, is it Saucy? Saucy? Saucy gets healthy. We're in a really good position defensively. Yeah. I mean, would, would we like a right-handed defenseman? Of course. So would, but, so would the other 30-plus teams in the league. Yeah, like... the. Having a right shot defenseman is a luxury at this point. And we have one of the top right shot defensemen in the league on our top line. We get bare. We have a, we have a solid bottom four pairing right hand defenseman. Yeah. We get rid of Myers. We lose the liability of a right shot defenseman. But I think Zadorov can play on the right side. What's that? I think Zadorov can play on the right side comfortably. Oh, I'm sure he could. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, yeah I don't think it's an issue. No. Also, uh, sir, we got just kind of off subject there, but you're talking about the uh, acquisitions, like Sam Lafferty looking at, at his stats. Oh. He's been phenomenal. He has the yes. second best PDO on the team. And I know we've talked about PDO and I don't know if we've ever actually explained what the stat is, but your PDO is your, your save percentage when you're on the ice plus your shooting percentage. 
save save percentage. Yeah, you're fine. So what your what the save percentage save, is? How can a, a regular player save a goal? They don't. You said save. Yeah, they don't. Yes, you you when you're on the ice and a goal goes in, that goes against your save percentage. When you're on the ice and a shot gets saved because it's a it's a poor shot because you're holding to the outside. It's it's a very good defensive stat for a lot of players. It's better than plus minus because you could be on a team. You could be the only defensive defenseman on a team, the only true defensive player, and your minus is minus thirty, but your save percentage might be nine hundred. So these are more of your analytics, nerd stats. Yeah, nerd stats, advanced analytics. God forbid you, we use numbers. You and. Um... Har- Har- Harum. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about this. And I, I, I glazed over. It was yeah. like So not only does Sam Lafferty have a 9.50 save percentage when he's on the ice, meaning. That's huge. Yeah. He also has a 13.9% five on five shooting percentage. We're 20. He's played. Tw- uh, how many games has he played? 25 games. Over a quarter of the season, at thirteen point nine percent shooting. That's insane. That means, that means he shoots the puck like fourteen percent of the time. No, that means the puck goes in the back of the net fourteen percent of the time that he shoots it. What? If he took a hundred shots, he would have fourteen goals. Holy! That seems like a lot. That seems high, is it not? Very high. That's that's okay. insane. The like the what is, average what is shooting percentage. Uh, Hughes, give me one second. I have yeah. Here. Quinn Hughes is twelve point five percent. Okay, so he's quite high too. So we have let let Jeez. me sort this. We have Andre Kuzmenko at fourteen point one percent. Oh, these are just people above or at league average. We have Brock Besser, Mark Friedman, J.T. Miller, Quinn Hughes, Philip Hronik, Ilya Mikheyev, Elias Pettersson, Nils Hoglander, Sam Lafferty, and Andre Kuzmenko, all at eleven percent or higher. And Tyler Myers is 10.9%. That's insane. It's crazy. We have, looking at players who have played at least 10 games, we only have three players below a 1,000 PDO, which is, like, the the most average player will be 1,000. We'll get to 1,000 by the end of your season. What, What are other teams? Like, are we that much better than other teams? When it comes to shooting percentage, I believe so. Like, I'm gonna... Uh, I don't get this shit. Like, I just don't let's understand. Let's pull up Vegas, because I, I honestly don't know. I haven't looked at it. So let's pull up Vegas. Yeah. Their top, their top performer, Michael Amadio. Yeah. Shooting percentage is 11.1%. Wow. They have one, two, three, four, five, six players lower uh, than 1,000 on their PDO. No. Their highest... Is only ten sixty five. The Canucks' highest is eleven hundred. Now, does that mean? Follow my thought process here. Yep. Should the, should the Canucks be shooting more? Um, I don't. You got to remember, we're being outshot in almost every game lately. It's pathetic. Yep. Um, like, I would. I don't have the stats in front of me, and I'm trying to see if I can pull them up. Um, team stats. I think we're lower, very low in shot attempts. Shot attempts. And I'm trying to find it. Shots per 
shots four per game. Uh, we're in the top half of the... Where are we? Vancouver. Where is Vancouver? Why can't I find our logo? Yeah, we're bottom four. We're, bo yeah. we're the fifth, fifth least in shots four per game. So we need to... And that's something... Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing when you're looking at it? We're... We're 18, what is it? We're 12, no, 16, 8, and 1. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. We're winning. Do yeah. we really want them to shoot more? <laughs> well, and I get just because you're shooting more doesn't mean you, you're getting high danger chances. And just like uh, Dom says in chat here, low percentage shots, low percent shows lots of high danger chances given up. Right? So we're shooting from from areas that are going to cause damage to the to the teams. Yeah. Right? And I mean you watch us move the puck around in the opponent's zone. It's it's insane. Um I don't think I've I mean as you, I've said it I don't know I nauseum on this podcast uh, how often how long I've been a Canuck fan. I don't remember seeing a Canuck team with such puck movement. And I don't just mean on the power play. I'm talking five on five. Like they're tossing that puck. Hughes gets that puck on the, on the blue line. His hockey sense is magical is the only word. I think we used that a couple times when we were watching. Like he's magical. He does like, and, and I say this, someone who's watched a lot of hockey and been through like some of the best times in the Canucks history and some of the worst times in Canucks history, like the most recent history, I've never seen a defenseman or a player do what Quinn Hughes is able to do on the ice. Yeah. It's yeah. And I don't think I've seen a team gel as well as this team. I know we talk about stats and PDO and, shot percentage and blah, 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 blah. You get to have chemistry on your team. Yeah. 2010, 2009, 2011, this team had chemistry. 100 The 2023, this team, yes, I had to look at the, my, um, my my screen to make sure it was 2023. I don't know why. That's what's funny. Almost 2024. This team has chemistry. And it's cool to see. So, I mean, whew. I'm getting excited. Oh, I just realized I didn't put my flag up. Oops. Um, I'm getting excited, but um, cautiously excited. Cautiously and that's like so many people are like, oh, you must be having a really great time. I'm like, no, I'm cautiously, I'm very cautious this year. We have, we have, we're 16, eight and one. That's fantastic. If you told me at the beginning of the year, we'd start the year 16, eight and one, I would have laughed you out of the building. I would have been like, oh, okay, give me the drugs you're, you're smoking. Cause that's way too good. Like this team is, I see an improvement to this team, but we have like, we're what? I think 10 points up. I'm going to pull it up here. 10 points up on Calgary. 10 points up on Calgary by point percentage. It goes Kings, Golden Knights, Canucks. So technically we're in the third spot in the Pacific by point percentage. Oh, and I, I know that uh, confuses yeah. people, but it's the best way to look at stats during the season because we have four games in hands 
or yeah, we have four games more played than the Kings. Yeah. So looking at point percentage, the Kings are going to be ahead of the Golden Knights and they're going to be ahead of us. We oh, have, really? yeah, we have 33 points. The Flames the were one game. The Kings do any, any other team, but the Kings, we're going to have to listen to our friend, the, I can't say the word on, on, our, you our know good friend. Our good friends. I'm surprised he hasn't come on to, he hasn't jumped into our chats at all to like, to, to talk about how CFL is not real or, or the Canucks, the Canucks suck and the Kings Except the Canucks don't suck. Yeah, that's why he hasn't jumped in our chats. But looking at it, so the Flames are one game less played than the Canucks and 10 points behind. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge this early in the year. Well, that's where we were last year out of a playoff spot. We were where the Oilers are last year. Yeah, going, we're done. Let's think about next year. Blow it up. And what until, did they do? Until they, they made a coaching change, and then we're all like, interesting. Can, can they do it? Can they make it? Hmm. Because and that's we'll, what we do as Canucks fans. But, like, we might criticize, and, and rightfully so, criticize the way this management team has done a lot of things when it comes to manage, like management-wise. But holy shit, did it work out. It's almost like they get paid because they know what they're doing. And that's, and the problem is, is, but so my only problem was the way they dealt with Bruce Boudreau. That's been my only, that's been my biggest grievance. And I, they handled no it def- so terribly. There's no defending that. No. Right. But they've handled everything else so well. And like bringing in Rick Tockett, who's a breath of fresh air when he talks to the media. I don't know if, how often you listen to his press conferences, but. Literally, he'll say a guy's week to week, a guy's week to week, and they'll say day to day. And it's not like week to week where I'm like, okay, it'll be a couple, like it'll be months. When when Rick Tockett says it's week to week, and then five days later says, or a week later says, ah, guy, the guy's day to day, the guy's in the lineup six days later at the most. Exactly. What I like is watching him when they have the camera on him behind the bench. His passion for the game just shines through the, his eyes. Yeah. And um, we've talked about this many, many, many times over the years as you were growing up. I love reading people. I love what I'm a people watcher. I think that's why I enjoy poker so much. Um, I watch him a lot when they show him um, just to see his, a, his interaction with the players and the passion he has behind the behind the bench. I mean all obviously all not all most coaches have that passion because they wouldn't be in it in this business if they didn't have the passion. And we they wouldn't, wouldn't be at be the doing level what we do if we didn't have the passion. Exactly. But he takes it to a different level. He exudes it. The way he the, the other game uh, Saturday against Calgary, Zadorov came back to the bench and he had just laid out somebody. And Tockett went up and gave him a pat on the head. Just gave him a tap on the back of the head. Like, good job, buddy. And I was like, you know what? I bet you that there is why Zadorov wanted to leave Calgary. Well, and not just that, but like, that we, we might view it as just a good job. It might have also been hey, next time you're out there, I want you to do this one thing. Yes. And then he goes out there and does that one thing. And he said, hey, I told you, right? It worked. 
and a player like Rick Tockett was a was a good player. Was yeah. he a great player? I don't know. I don't. I, I honestly don't remember watching him play. Was he the elite player? I wouldn't put him in the elite group like a Wayne Gretzky or a Messi. But he okay. <laughs> <laughs> or a Linden or a, or the Sedin twins. But was he a good, good, great player? Yeah. Yeah, he, he was there. a player that every single organization would want to have on his. Oh, on of course, team. yes, for sure. And it feels like he takes that, and he's like, he knows what it what it means to be that to these players. He yes. knows how competitive they are, and is able to with like. And I look at JT Miller, the the change in JT Miller's um, presence on the bench. He knows how to rein in someone who's an emotional player like JT Miller because he is that emotional player. He knows what he's going through. Look at this earlier this year. It. Earlier this year, he said, "Go sit at the end of the bench and compose yourself for five minutes." Guess what? Benched him. Miller Guess has what? never been better than he had since that benching. Right, Kuzmenko's not working. Hey, Kuzmenko, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put you in the. We're not just taking you off the top line. We're gonna put you in the booth. Watch a couple games. Yeah. Does it hurt the team? Maybe. But I'm sure that uh, Talkit and the Sedins and Adam Foote and Sergey Gonchar said, these are the 10 things we want you to look at. And when you come back uh, for practice, we go, this is what I want to hear from you. 100%. 100%. Sorry, you put your finger up like I thought you you had something nope. to say. Nope. Okay. Um. One thing I did want to talk about, the game we watched together as the Canucks go 2-1 and one this week, which is, which is great, which is exactly what we wanted. Yep. What Jeff Patterson said would be a beautiful, perfect result. The l- loss to Vegas. Yeah, you, you called it. You did call it. The loss to Vegas, though. And I know this is, this is very Canucks-focused, uh, uh, Canucks negativity, but did that loss show you what it showed me in that there's a huge gap between a Stanley Cup contending team and a playoff contending team? I I think so. It just showed like they were just that much better than us. Um, in every aspect of every part of the game. Did the Canucks have a bad game and Vegas have a good game? <laughs> sure, but... It shouldn't have been like that. If you were playing one, the top one and two, if you're literally first and second in in our conference at that point by points, and the number one team comes in, fifth game of a road trip, I maybe I think it was the fifth game of a road trip. They they're tired. They they've been on the road for ten days, pretty much, maybe more, and. I really hope the Canucks um, owned them, to be honest. And they didn't. No. What does that mean? Does this, does it mean that we won't, we can't beat them in a seven-game series? Again, it was one game. It, that's And that's the point I'm trying to make. It's one game, and it's but, only one game. And just, just so we're clear, it's not just our division in the Pacific Division. It's the Western Conference as a whole by points. Yeah, team one versus team two, but it it it's. I think there is a concern there, uh, as a fan, that 
and this next week we'll we'll talk about the upcoming schedule, but this week will really prove to me where the Canucks are at when it comes to Stanley Cup contending against Stanley Cup contending teams. So we have the New Jersey Devils who are a a favorite to make it to the Cup, as well as the Carolina Hurricanes who have been favorites for the last four or five years to make it to the Cup. Yes. I Don't get me wrong. I don't think one game is reason to say, hey, maybe we shouldn't go all in on this season. But should we be really going all in on this season? Well, should I we think, mortgage the future for this one season? I think you can mortgage a portion of your team. <laughs> um, we already I think have. I think we're building something here that's going could last a long, long time. You look at our top guys. Yep. Petey. Yep. Hughes. Miller. They're young. Miller's like they still not. Have a, they still look. Okay, they still have a lot of hockey left in them. More than five years. Miller's not going to retire within five years. How old were the scenes when they retired? I don't know. I'm literally typing it. How old were the scenes when they How old is Miller? Retired? Scenes were 37 years old. Are you putting JT Miller on the same level as the, as the Sedin Twins longevity wise? Oh, can can they they play can he play as long or longer? Yes. You think? And the reason I think that is man, it sounds like I'm trying to di- uh, dish on Miller, but he doesn't, he doesn't and hasn't played at the intensity that a, the Sedin twins did. Has he played at his intensity? Yeah. He's played at the top of his intensity. Now I Not do see what you're saying. To what the, t- the twins were. However, the 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 the, the counter argument to that is that JT Miller plays a way more physical game than the Sedins ever did. Yeah, but in a different way. Hundred percent. Don't Sedin's... get me don't get me wrong. The Sedins took a lot of physical punishment from other players, but banging in front of the net was never their specialty. Where JT Miller will get into those dirty areas a lot more. JT Miller is my age, by the way. He's thirty, so he's turning thirty-one. Yeah, so uh, in 2024, I still think he's got five years left. Four I years, I, I'd say four or five years. We're of, building something that can last three or four years, is what I'm getting at. We're not building for tomorrow. We're building something that could last a little bit of time, and we can build on it for three or four years if we do it correctly. The key is we got to keep adding. We got to keep yeah. the core part, but keep adding. Yeah, you get you get rid of the Myers, you and tr- truthfully, you get rid of the Zordoros because they're older players. Zordoros not that old. Zordoros pretty young. He's been around a long time, hasn't he? I don't think so. I think so. We think uh, so. He is twenty eight only. Oh, he's only twenty eight. I thought he was well yeah. into his thirties. Okay, so no, he's he, got a few years left. He came in. He came to North America when he was sixteen to play hockey. Yeah. Um. So his English is. He like his English is really good. Um, he was drafted in the 2013 uh, entry draft, which I believe was the same year that um, Bo Horvat was picked in. Was picked in. So 
what was the question again? Where did we, we went on a rant there? Um, the loss to Vegas, does it mean anything? Yeah, it does. Of course it does. Does it ruin our season? No, not even. A, it's one loss. We're still, we're still 16 and eight and one. Um, yeah. Now, it's, the so question was, what, how were they going to react in Calgary? Yeah. And they came back and, and they played their style of game. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Calgary didn't make it easy on them either. It was no. a really good game. It was a fun game to watch. Um, whistle to whistle, like from start to finish. It was just a fun game to watch. Obviously, I enjoyed it a little bit more than a Flames fan would have um, because my team won. But yeah, so I mean, the Vegas win, or sorry, the Vegas loss. And eh. now if we switch that around and we beat Vegas, it's huge. <laughs> So now, and this is something that that um, I was listening to with Thomas Drantz and um, I can't remember uh, Jamie Dodd on Canucks Talk uh, yeah. on Sportsnet six uh, nine sixty Sportsnet six fifty nine sixty is the fan here. I get so confused with which station is which, but um, they were talking about like yeah, losing to Vegas sucks, and everyone's pretending like it's a it's a huge loss. If you swap the two the the two games and you beat Vegas and lost to Calgary, that's actually way more detrimental to Vancouver than it is the the way it happens. Yeah, because Calgary's chasing us. That's a four point swing for Calgary to stay in fourth spot and out of the the top three guaranteed into the playoffs. Yep. Right. So. I mean, yeah, it sucks. It would have been great to to get that win against Vegas, or at least be competitive, because it wasn't even competitive. But I mean, again, there's lots of lots of season left, and and it'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens. Exactly. Um, another thing before we get into this week's schedule, something that I wanted to talk about that um, broke today. Hunter Brusevich, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, snubbed by Team USA World Juniors. And I am going out on a limb and saying it's an absolute travesty. He didn't even get invited to camp. That's a player of his caliber in the OHL who's who's playing in the best... Let me repeat this again for any American viewers. The best major junior league in the world in, in the CHL is leading points, leading assists. You said in the CHL, but on the screen you say he plays in the OHL. Yes, OHL is in the, the CHL is part of the OHL. So if you're not oh. aware, CHL is the Canadian Hockey League, um, which is no longer just Canadian Canada, but it's the CHL is compromised of the WHL, the Western Hockey League, the QMJHL, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and the OHL, the Ontario Hockey League. Gotcha, okay. All three of those each have their own playoff format, and then they um, play for the Memorial Cup every year. That's their big tournament, um, uh, which is usually a lot of fun. Usually, because these a lot of these kids are a lot of these kids are kids playing to to make their next step. And I am opening up our conversation, and I I lost it now. I sent you the stats that I wanted. I wanted to read off because absolutely oh, yeah. absurd that this that this guy isn't in isn't in the uh, twenty eight games played, 
46 points. And he's not even brought to camp. Now, obviously, you you follow this stuff more than I do. I, I wouldn't when you sent me. Oh my goodness, he didn't get. And I was like, who is he? Um, Which is after fair, not after you had said it, I went and started do reading the Twitter machine and um, doing a little bit of research before we came live. It really does sound because I thought it was just you being goofy again, but it really does sound like this was a political move. Uh, kind of snubbing the OHL, CHL um, because it's it's not the in league. Well, and there, so there's, there are like, I think two players being invited, two or three players being invited from the OHL um, to camp. But the fact that you're not bringing this defenseman, and I know there's a lot of talk being like he, there, there's too many players that are similar style to him. But the fact that he's, again, leading the OHL, he is a power play specialist, and he doesn't even get an invite. That's the biggest thing to me, is he doesn't even get an invite to camp. And, and he's a, a, a top caliber player. It's just, it's wild to me because you can look at the stats and you can look at things and it's, it's hard to compare because they're playing all playing in different leagues, but looking through things and, and listening to other experts talking like Sakaris and price and, and J Pat and Thomas Drance, that there's one defenseman that's for sure better than him. That would, that's a lock for the team. And he's a left-handed defenseman. Honda Brusevich is a right-handed defenseman. It's just, there, there's no logic to me in, in any way, shape or form. And if, if it is political, because of uh, different leagues and, and decisions that Brusevich made to make his career better, that is horse shit. You have you're muted, old man. I, I see your lips moving, but you're not talking. So I didn't. I muted myself. I didn't think everybody wanted to hear me coughing. Um, yeah, when I go off screen, folks, that's why. It's usually because I'm coughing, and I, it's like nobody needs to hear that. Um, it, it'd be good to get an insider, uh, to come in and actually we can ask these questions to him. Yeah. I know well, you, least, had, you had posted about Thomas is, who was it? Thomas Drance. Yeah. I'd love to see if we can get him to come on the show and, uh, that is that the world junior hits. That would be huge. Um, but we'll, we'll see what we can do. Now let's look ahead because we've we've talked a lot here and there's a couple things in the in the CFO world we want to talk to. Let's look ahead to this week's schedule for the Vancouver Canucks. Oh yeah. Before we do that, can we give a shout out to Kevin Bexa? Yes, let's give a shout out to Kevin Bexa. Why are we shouting out Kevin Bexa this time? Kevin, 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 listen up, buddy. I think you have become. Be careful the how you Don word it. Cherry of Saturday nights. The 2023 version of Don Sherry. So he's not rude and disgusting and and a racist like Don Sherry was, but he's freaking amazing on the mic. If you he's listen, just, Kevin, because I know you are. I know you listen to our show, Kevin. We'd love to have you show. on. Come on our show. Give us 15 minutes, Kev. Let's chat. 
It'd be fun. I feel, I feel, I honestly feel, and, and I've heard him on different podcasts before. We'd say 15 minutes and we'd end up going for a two hour show. And we would ask one question and go. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd be, be we'd be laughing so hard that you'd be coughing like that the entire time. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that's my shout out. I, Kevin, I'm coming for you. I want you on the show. Kevin's coming after Kevin. Be careful, guys. There's, there's going to be a collision of the Kevins. Um, That's all. Canucks schedule. The, the big one that everyone's going to be talking about this week is tomorrow yes. night against the New Jersey Devils. Because it'll be the first time that all three Hughes brothers are playing. We'll have Quinn, Jack, and Luke all supposedly in the lineup. Knock on wood that there's no there's no injuries, no sickness um, for anyone or any healthy scratches for whatever reason. But should be a fun game. The Hughes brothers played hockey in their basement. This was their dream when they were six years old. When, think, when the youngest was six. Think not just that, but their mom is a is a Olympic gold medalist hockey player. Like that's why they that's why forty six is or forty three is their numbers. That's because that's the number uh, their mom wore. Exactly. It's going to be special. <laughs> what happens? Like, do you throw a hit on your brother? Do you oh, lay him out? Oh, I mean, Quinn and Quinn and Jack have played against each other before. Yes. And they're very competitive. Throwing Luke in there, I think it's only going to make them more competitive because yeah. now you have an apple-to-apple comparison of two defensive brothers playing against each other. It's going to be fun to watch. I, for one, will be watching Whistle to Whistle. Now... Um, now, this is something that, that'll always be brought up as long as all three of them are in the league. Will they play one season, all three of them on the same team? Oh, wouldn't that be something? How much money would you put on that? Because I'd put, I'd put good money that the three of them at one point will say, let's literally, let's all take a pay cut. We've, we've made our money. Let's go to one team. And I, who knows where and it's going to be. I would love for it to be Vancouver. Because Whichever. Quinn is the captain or New Jersey, like as much as that would pain me to, to watch him go play for the Devils or any team down in the States or across Canada, any team to have all three Hughes brothers on one would be would be something special. It's never happened, obviously. We've had twins. Uh, this no, because this all... is the first time three um, brothers have played in a game. You said it the first time ever in the NHL. For the three Hugheses. Oh, I thought you meant for the three brothers. No, I think I'm I'm 80% sure that the Stahl brothers uh, uh, played in one game. There's three Stahls that played in the in one game. I don't know if they've played on the same team, though. Yeah. Stahl, Dom is agreeing with you, the Stahls, and now that you're saying it, I'm, you're probably right. I know they've played in, like, in the same right. game together. I just don't know if they've played on the same team together. It'd be cool. It'd be cool to yeah. see. For sure. And again, like, like you said, we've had the Twins. In Vancouver, let's let's come on out, come on come out, on out. To the West Coast. It's beautiful out here. We we'd pay you very well, and that would just elongate this window we have. So, so the rest of the schedule this week is we have the New Jersey Devils on Tuesday, the Minnesota Wild on Thursday, and then a Saturday night game against the Carolina Hurricanes. All three games at home in Vancouver in Rogers Arena. What is a what is a win for you this week, old man? I'm thinking same thing as this week. Win one, win lose one. one, win one. 
Well, I two, think two, two and one. I think two and one would be an exceptional result. I think this is this is out of the the games that we've been doing. This kind of look ahead and predict uh, uh, what we think. This has been our top, most difficult week. Um, we don't have any backs to backs. We don't have any travel, which is really nice. But we have two teams that are Stanley Cup caliber, and we have the Minnesota Wild in there. So I'm going to go, and because I I like to hedge my bets, and I'm going to do what I always do when I hedge my bets and say one one and one. You always do that. Hey, there's six points available. If we get three, that's a win. You probably do, if if you see a sign that says wet paint, you probably don't touch it, do you? Depends depends on the mood and the color of the paint. Because if it's an obnoxious color paint, hell yeah, I'm touching it. Then I can touch all the other walls and, and get those walls all covered in paint. All oh, three wow. stalls played on Carolina, apparently. Thank you for the research there, Dom. Started the same line against the Rangers, he says. The Rangers being Dom's team. It is true. It is true. Um, now, as we, as I said, we, we talked a lot about the Canucks here where we, um, we did. did have some CFL news to talk about. So let's wrap that up real quick. Um, it was announced this past week that Touchdown Pacific is happening, not Atlantic this year. And the Vancouver, that Vancouver Island will host the BC Lions and the Ottawa Red Blacks for the first ever Touchdown Pacific game on Labor Day weekends, which is huge. It's not Labor Day. Yeah, it's Labor Day weekend. It's a Saturday no, Labor, Labor Day weekend. No, 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 no. Labor Day is September long weekend, isn't it? And this game happens on it's July August at- long, July August long weekend. I thought. Oh, is it? Ju- Give me one second. I had it up. I could be I wrong. It. Let me. Let me. I thought it was. I, I was sure it was July something, the July August long weekend. I'm opening it up. Give me one second. I don't think it's September. August 31st, 2024. Oh, it September is. September long okay, it weekend. Is a, it is a okay, Labor Day weekend game against Ottawa. Makes no sense. But <laughs> Canucks, I, the lines don't, it's, a, I mean, timing. It's, but I'm excited about it. Don't get me wrong. I just didn't know it was Labor Day. Um, but anyways, you said not touchdown Atlantic this year. They haven't said they're not going to do a Eastern game. Well, so in the press release, and, I, and I'm reading here from 13th Man Sports, Touchdown Pacific is the eighth edition of CFL's Touchdown Series. First yeah. known as Touchdown Atlantic going back to a 2005 preseason game. Um, so it looks like they're consolidating the touchdown Atlantic and Pacific to just touchdown and where it's located. So this might be this year's t- touchdown series. Oh, could be. I would love to see it do like touchdown Pacific t- and a touchdown Atlantic in the same year. Why not? If you're, if you're going to do that, I think you shouldn't, you should make it the same teams and Ottawa hosts BC in Atlantic in, in the Atlantic. That would be cool. Right, because then then you're 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 building a rivalry, which BC just doesn't have. No, I mean the, the, the it's hard because there's no geographic. Even even if the d- divisions were balanced, there it's still an awkward number because yeah. you have Saskatchewan and Winnipeg, you have uh, the Alberta teams, then you've got BC, and then you've got Toronto and Hamilton, natural rivalry, and you've got Montreal. Well, 
Montreal Ottawa could very easily be a rivalry. Ottawa Toronto could be a rivalry. Like, and they've never really pushed that rivalry. The Toronto Ottawa, the Toronto Montreal, Montreal no. Ottawa. It's never really been pushed the way Calgary Edmonton has, and Winnipeg. And the Bowl. The Banjo Bowl happened such a. It was such a. Um, it was an organic thing. Or, yeah, because their kicker Westwood, Troy Westwood, is the one who named it Banjo Bowl because. He said something about them banjo playing riders, and um, and then the, the media jumped on that and turned it into a thing. Exactly. So no, I'm excited about it. Uh, we talked about going. Um, something I, I think we should definitely definitely do, especially it being the long weekend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, definitely could be the could be building something very cool because if that's the September long weekend, and then you're into, you've got September and a part of October or you got October, well, and, September and October, and then you're into the playoffs. Um, well, and you always you know, say that that's, um, sorry, that the Labor season Day. starts at Labor Day. So that's, like, that's, a, that's really the kickoff to the playoff push. Exactly. Um, so yeah, no, I'm excited about it. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what's, what they can do with that stadium because I checked the stadium house. It's like 7,000, maybe 8,000 tops they could fit in there. Bring in, you've got to bring in a bunch of... Well, they're saying like 12 to 15. Double, yeah, double the capacity. That's huge. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're going to do, but it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. I don't know if we can get tickets for it. We, we could try to see if we can get um, go as a press, but that probably wouldn't let you in. Um, just because we're so new. Never hurts to ask. Worst case scenario, they say no. Best case scenario, they say, yeah, let's yeah. go. Exactly. If not, I think knowing um, our owner, he's probably going to make a weekend festival out of this. So uh, even if we I don't... I think the CFL go- would be stupid not to, to be honest. Yeah, even if we don't go to the game, we can go to the festival portion of it and be there for the... Um, the do some interviews, do some... Man on the streets, so to speak. Yeah. I think it would be fun. Uh, and then something you want to bring up and that I, I'm just, I'm honestly just tired of talking about it. And I thought we were finally done talking about this, but you put it in your, in your notes today. Don't roll your eyes at me. You put it in your notes. I'm trying to see which one you were talking about. Cause I don't see it. CFL expansion. <sighs> I'm done. I'm tired of talking about it. Ambrosi. Thirty years of us talking about this. Ambrosi, come close. Lean in, lean in, Randy. Randy, just go away. He's now saying that he wants to take one last shot at an Atlantic expansion before he gives up on it. How many shots do you get? The whistle blew. The crowd has left. You're on the ice by yourself. They've turned the fucking lights out. It's time to walk away, Randy. Quebec's calling. Do you think, do you think, so Quebec has been rumored as of recently to be getting a team or wanting a team or having an ownership group to build a team. Yes. Do you think that that's more viable at this point than, than Moncton? It's gotta be <laughs> seriously. Like how many times can you throw that dart 
And you're not only missing the board, Jake. Like, there's the board, and then there's the, like, the box the dartboard sits in in the bar. You're outside yep. the box. Matter <laughs> of fact, you're so freaking bad, you, that dart went out the window, and it's three quarters of the way down the road already. Yep. Like, move on. Quebec. Great. It would be perfect scenario. Quebec City? Have the Nordiques. The Quebec Nordiques. See, I was thinking you go to the Expo's name. Quebec than- Expo's. Right, rather than uh, rather than the Nordiques, because as soon as someone hears Nordiques, they're going to think of hockey, and you Montreal would hate that. Good, right? They would be like, "What?" So Quebec Nordiques, Montreal Quebec Expos. I don't like the name Quebec Expos. That runs off the tongue wrong. Um, Quebec City Expos. Yeah. Just because it was Montreal Expos. I mean, that was that was my team way back when I was in grade nine. I like the Expos. Yeah, man. They, they, I had the hat. I had everything. I had the jersey. I was an Expos Terrible. fan, buddy. Terrible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. Everybody else next was going to say that. Next year, we're going to say you're a Grizzlies fan, too. No. No. Couldn't um, watch basketball. Sorry. Did, have you seen the Aboriginal logo for tomorrow's game? Tomorrow's game, I think? I did. It... The vibes I get from it are Vancouver Grizzly vibes. Yes, very much so. Right? Like if you the color scheme, the 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 just the vibe. And it's it's close colors, but it's not that close. It just I saw it and I was like, that reminds me of the Grizzlies. Like the the lush greenness, the the hints of blue in there. It's it's really, really cool looking. If you haven't checked it out, do check it out. Um but old Ben, we are almost out of time here. Do you have anything else you want to talk about before we are out of time? That's a long pause, which means he's got nothing. There's, there's no one home at the, at the Hughes house. Uh, <laughs> however, you beautiful human beings, I appreciate you guys coming and hanging out and chatting with us. If you guys do want to follow us, you can do so on Facebook X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Instagram, TikTok at HSP underscore pod. We are posting there as much as we can more and more and more. Uh, we will be back here next Tuesday, next Monday, with a very, very special guest. Uh, old man, do you want to announce who our guest is? Because we didn't tease it at all. <laughs> I'm going. To, I'm going to my Twitter machine. He's going to the Twitter machine. Yeah, this is a guy. Has, if you're on Canucks, if you're on Canucks Twitter, you will know who this is. So if you follow the Canucks Twitter whatsoever. I'm not going to say his name right now because I ha- I did ask him if it was okay to promote his appearance. He did say he's coming on the show next week. It's a him, but I didn't. I haven't been given permission to promote his name yet. So what I will say, in the meantime, in between time, who the hell is the devil? It's a very good question. Very good question. And you beautiful human beings, you can find the old man on that old Twitter machine, the old X machine, the or I guess the new X machine, whatever it is you want to call it. You can find him at Kev Hughes64 because he still hasn't changed his goddamn handle. You can find me at J Streams, J-E-H Streams. Um, there as well as on Twitch. 
Uh, this week I will be live on Wednesday. I'm working on something special, uh, football related, uh, and I will let you guys know when I know what's happening with that. But have yourselves a beautiful night, and goodbye. <laughs>